Are we ready? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're ready. Let's do it. <laughs> hey, everybody, and welcome to our first Product Happy Hour Q&A session where you can ask your favorite product people, that's us, Hi. anything, also in your sweatpants. With me, as always, is Ira Joe Hall. Hey, Ira, are you pumped or are you pumped to be answered uh, I'm really happy that we got these questions because we have some really good answers. Should we jump right into it? Let's do it. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for submitting some really great, challenging questions. Here's our first question. When taking on a product as a new PM, what are some critical first steps one must do? This is a fantastic question. After being PMs for years, I think we generally know what to do, but haven't put it down on paper, right? Yeah, I think we kind of go through the motions, but let's start with structuring some key areas in which we think you should invest when you're starting to ramp up on a new area. Remember, there's probably a lot of newness. Maybe it's a new team. Maybe it's a new product. Maybe it's even like a new company. Um, so let's kind of give them an overview of where we would invest time first. Totally. Uh, okay, so here's an overview of where we would invest first when ramping up on a new product. First, you should act like a researcher in the beginning before you start doing any type of execution. So the things you probably should be researching are the product strategy as it exists today, the company strategy and how the product strategy ladders up to that company strategy, uh, understanding the competitive landscape, what customers are saying, whether it's written feedback or uh, feedback that you get in customer calls or, you know, write in in the feedback box or whatever customer feedback you can get your hands on. You should be reading it, understanding it, internalizing it. Um, get into the data yourself and assess key aspects of your product conversion funnel. Uh, your preference is your preference. I like to do this before reading previous analysis, just so I can kind of get fresh eyes on the situation and try to understand it myself. Uh, so I think that's that's pretty critical. Yeah, I think that's a good instinct is like you're trying to develop your product sense, your spidey sense for what the team needs to prioritize, what the key problems are. And um, you have this really cool thing, which is fresh eyes. So try and preserve that because you get to look at the problem from a new way. I'd also say that you want to look, you do want to look at previous data, um, but yeah, you should definitely dig in for yourself. Use the product. That's a huge thing people forget to do. Use the product yourself and then evaluate the insights. The next thing is, is your team probably already has some OKRs. Um, you don't want to be caught not knowing what those are. So go ahead and look at the objective and key results, or maybe you use a V2 mom vision values methods. Uh, just make sure you understand the charter um, and then meet with people personally. Um, this is such a good way to get off on the right foot is building relationships and meeting with engineers, meeting with your architect, meeting with your cross-functional stakeholders. Introduce yourself. Um, try and get a feel for what they think are problems. You'll probably see that everyone kind of has a different sense of what those issues are, but this has helped me so much because now I know what these stakeholders care about. And when I do get to a product strategy, I can kind of tune uh, my message towards helping them see how I am or have at least weighed the issues that they brought to my attention. The next one would be is understand previous test results. Um, so look at your win-loss rate, but also look at 
the specific features that one. This will give you a window into what's working and what's not working. So you're not like retrying stuff they already did. Um, and that will help build credibility because you've, eval you've acted like a researcher and evaluated already what's going on. Um, and next, make sure you're effective by the 90-day mark. So it, it's kind of like the first 100 days of a U.S. presidency. Um, you can't really research the whole time. You need to, people stop listening at some point. So you have to start developing the how and get things going. You can set a few milestones for yourself at the 30, 60, and 90 day. There'll be like degrees of proficiency that you have. Like you might not be able to like get a, a feature into the sprint that's brand new on the 30 day mark, but you want to like, if you have that expectation for yourself, you'll start to call back your activities in order to get there. So I think that's healthy. Also, the at the 90-day mark, you should be shipping. Like if you're not shipping after a quarter, there's probably there's probably some work you need to do or you're getting stuck in like analysis paralysis. So yeah, I would say for most product experiences, um, you digital experiences, you should be able to ship by the 90-day mark. What do you think, Ajay? Yeah, 100%. Um, I think there's an old adage about how product managers are only as good as what they ship. And I think that's true. So you should be shipping. Um, this is pretty close to what we share with pretty much any product manager that's joining the team. Anytime mm -hmm. I have an onboarding doc, there's very clearly 30, 60, 90 day milestones. So it's good to have that same sort of framework for yourself. Uh, the final thing I'll mention before moving into the next question it's important to go into this objectively. Think less about your opinion of the situation and more about the facts on the ground. What are customers saying? What do the numbers look like? It can be really easy to go in and barge in and be like, I have every solution to everything and I've just got it all up here. Um, when you might uh, very easily fall into the trap of misdiagnosing the situation. Right? Yeah. Do, you, do you agree with that, Joe? Yes, I totally agree with that. Um, what You should figure out what the team members' concerns are, what we've underinvested in in terms of technology, what experiments have not been successful. I know this seems like a lot, but if you just kind of bucket this into like, I want to feel like I understand the problem. I want to understand where we've been so that I can lead where we're going. That's kind of like the role you're taking on here. Um, and I'll just say two more things like you may want to avoid these two common mistakes. So generally, like first time product managers or people who are new to a company, like they feel kind of anxious, like they want to make a good impression. Maybe they have imposter syndrome. Try not to focus on the micro or operating um, from a premise of you need to change everything. It's probably unlikely that you need to change everything, but it's going to feel like that because the complaints or the issues are going to come hot and heavy. So I just keep that in the back of your mind. Try and look at the big picture and don't feel pressure to immediately make changes because of some level of urgency. What do you think about that? Yeah, totally. It's kind of like I've been struggling with losing weight lately. And uh, something they always say about losing weight is like, it took you years to get here and yeah. put on the weight. So it's going to take you years to get rid of it. And uh, maybe not years, but it's going to take time. You know, it's not something that happens overnight. So similar thing here, you know, it took years for 
the situation that you're walking into to become what it is. So it's going to take some time to make some changes if needed and, and make headway. So, you know, try not to beat yourself up over it. It will, it will take some time. Uh, great. Shall we move on to the next question? I really like these questions. They're really great, by the way. So yeah. thank you everybody for writing this. Let's go. Okay. <clears throat> so next question. How do you deal with experiment results that are not statistically significant yet, only directional? Ugh, this is a good one. You and I run into this pretty often, right? All the time. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so it's a really good question. Your data science team you work with is probably going to tell you uh, that you can't use these results to make an official experiment decision about the test, and they're right. Um, so... What I've found uh, to be helpful is uh, one, kind of just accepting it. It's such a bummer, but you just kind of have to accept that that is, that is what we're doing here. We're not, you know, um, just taking guesses like this is, this is in order to do this well, avoid false positives and things like that. Um, you know, you do have to follow the rules. Um, so second, I think in this scenario, it's important to do a few things. If you can handle it ahead of time, Determine what you would do in the scenario where the test is neutral and put it into your experiment decision criteria. If the test is neutral, what should you do? Should you keep the test? Should you roll it out? Should you do something else? Write it into your test in advance so you can action it properly. Then three, if that ship has sailed, then I find it helpful to separate this into the business decision and the experiment decision. Uh, data scientist that I work with, he's now at Facebook, but he was at he was at Verbo before. Uh, you would coach us on this. I think we're actually going to have him on the pod in a few weeks. Um, so separating between the two it would help. And what this means is the experiment decision is win loss or neutral. It's basically the rules that you have to follow in order to call the experiment. In this case, the test, the experiment decision would be neutral on the test itself. But what do you do? That's the business decision. You still have a business to run. You're not a lab scientist that deals with theory only. This is where you can take the actual result under advisement and make a business decision on what to do. From here, I'd again, choose your own adventure. If you have time, ideally you run an iteration on the test based on what you learned from the results. This is easier if you use a metric that you can iterate on quickly. If you use a metric that needs to run longer for enough power, you're going to struggle. So I'd make an adjustment there. Conversion rates are better than average revenue, for example. If you don't have time or it's a big test, I'd evaluate your business decision and commit. Do you need the project to do other strategically critical things? Is it less valuable to go backwards and test again than moving forward? Those are the types of lenses I would use. Then decide on what to do and execute. And Eric, you had a great point on ad hoc metrics. You want to talk about that a bit? Yeah, so it's it's a hundred percent likely that you're going to have a non-statistically significant result. It's just the name of the game. Um, but the worst test is a test that you learn nothing from. And so if your primary metric is not stat sig, one thing I've done is take accessory metrics or metrics that are uh, more specific to the feature and evaluate their directionality in addition to the primary metric. So I'll give you guys an example. Um, we tuned up spell correction. We like, we, you know, we have a search function on our website. 
We want to improve the spell correction, but not every query is misspelled. So of course, we're not going to reach significance. It's like the number of people who search and then the number of people who misspell and then then decide to use spell correction. It's like the sample size gets very small. So when we got a non-stat sig result, what we did is evaluate accessory metrics like revert rate. So our primary metric was revenue, um, but we looked at the number of times that people did use spell correction, like or their query was spell, spell corrected, how many of them reverted, like went back to their original spelling. And that gave me more of a sense of what Ajay is talking about. It's like, is it a good business decision to run spell correction based on the revert rate or the acceptance rate? If more people were accepting it than reverting it, I feel more confident in going forward. I've reduced the risk of this feature just flat out sucking because I've evaluated um, this like smaller, more uh, tighter, more precise metric, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. And um, just to wrap this point up, uh, you might run into situations where your data science team will politely remind you that uh, you can't use those types of metrics to call an experiment. Um, but that's fine. You're not actually using it to call the experiment. You're using it as research and observations for the next experiments that you want to run uh, or to make your business decision, which is why right. it's helpful to separate the experimentation decision from the business decision, because then you can, you're, you're, you're given a little bit more freedom to operate, knowing that officially we're going to call the tests whatever the experiment result is right. based on whatever criteria you set. And that way you're following proper experiment hygiene. Excellent. All right. So let's drive to the next okay. question. Um, how should sure. project managers and product managers best work together? Um, this is also a really good question. Um, something that comes up commonly. Um, I'd recommend listening to episode four, where we discuss uh, what product management is and the difference between project managers and product. But the summary basically is, is that project managers are going to focus on the when and the how, and product managers are going to focus on the why and the what. So given those areas of focus, that that really makes them perfect partners for each other. Um, all four of those areas focus are super critical, especially with really big complex projects. Um, so I think the best way to work together is to regularly mind meld on what each of your needs are. As a product manager, what you need to do to help the project manager um, drive forward, you need to kind of articulate this to them. So like what milestones does the team need to hit to be successful? What important checkpoints and updates do you need to help with in order to stay organized? Like this is your partner, so therefore you want to be delegating some portion of these like important pieces to keep your train on the tracks. Um, your project manager is going to help you figure out how to execute on the project. So like I've seen examples where project managers have no idea what the product is supposed to do, um, and that kind of prevents them from being as effective as they could. So invest time in educating your project manager on what's supposed to happen, what the benefit is, like if you were trying to pitch them on the idea and then ask them like, okay, like how do we get organized about solving this problem? I think that's super, super healthy. 
Um, as a project manager, what information do you need from the PM to drive the project forward? That's something you should be asking if you're on that side. What documents would be helpful to figure out how to best tackle the project? You know, like I've never ever had just like one document for one feature. There's always like a one pager and a pitch deck and a strategy document and then a readout, right? So your project manager can probably best serve you by asking like, hey, what documents do we need to prep? Uh, my favorite project manager ever I've worked with asked me a great question. They're like, hey, we're going to release this. Like, how ready do you feel for release? And I was like, not ready at all. I'm like, okay, well, to get ready, what do you think you would need? And I was like, oh, crap, I need a lot. Let's talk about it. And so it was great to kind of have that support. <laughs> Yeah, you're both uh, excellent partners for each other. So I treat it as such. You know, you're at the partnership of the highest order. From here, I'd kind of like determine like the nuts and bolts, like what's a regular meeting cadence? Meet regularly, Be make yourself available, um, make sure that they are doing the wrangling with you or for you or understand what would be most helpful. Ajay, what do you think? Yep, 100%. I think, you know, you're, you're, um, like you said, your peas in the pod, your project manager, if you're the product manager or the part of your team and vice versa. And if you both can understand the best way to work together and come to alignment on, you know, things like cadence and milestones and all the great things you were talking about, it can really take things to the next level for sure. Um, and so when you see dysfunction, um between a product manager and a project manager it's when you know th you're not doing these things where you're meeting regularly you're treating the other person as a partner if you're not doing that sort of stuff that can lead to dysfunction pretty fast all right and that's a wrap that's q a for this round uh thank you for joining us uh for our first q a that's pretty great what a milestone yeah, that was good um yeah, it's good. Uh, well, we hope it was super helpful. If you enjoyed Q&A today, please support us by encouraging others to subscribe for this great benefit at our website, ProductHappyHour.com. There are two options, $5 a month or $30 a year. Y'all know the deal for a Starbucks latte a month or one DoorDash order a year. Your colleagues and friends can get this great paid subscriber benefit to level up. Help from your favorite product people in your inbox or on your phone just to click away. You can also support the show in general by following the show on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get podcasts. Please also make sure you rate us on the platform of your choice. It really helps us out. Thank you so much for participating in Q&A, and we'll see you next time. And please don't forget to send in your questions. Lots of great questions this time around. I'd love to see more, and we'd love to answer them. Thank you so much. Thank we'll you. We'll see you on the pod. Cheers. Cheers.